0: Hey everyone, welcome to Parallel Church. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I was gonna say if you're new here, which let's be honest, all of us are pretty new to Parallel Church. We're just four weeks in uh, to our relaunch and Parallel Church and what that means for all of us is that we as a church, we are on mission to come alongside. We wanna come alongside uh, you, your marriages. We wanna come alongside our communities. And in helping with my city care, we want to come alongside other churches and ministries. And while the world is seeking uh, opportunities to, to divide and to separate, and we're seeing ever growing separation happening, and people are getting more comfortable and more comfortable in their hate, we are passionate about counterpunching to that norm and saying we are going to come alongside. So, welcome to Parallel Church. Welcome everyone that's joining us in Tabor with, uh, well, with Pastor Renee and Jill who are in Lloydminster this week. They're visiting up there, which is gonna be amazing. So welcome to to Tabor and congratulations to Andrew and your uh, win as mayor there. We're excited about that. Welcome Lethbridge with Pastor Ralph and Cindy. Welcome to you guys. Welcome in Claire's home with Pastor Brian and Heidi and congratulations Chelsea on winning the mayoral race there i guess we got to call you your worship now that's how that this is how it rolls so your worship chelsea congratulations to you we're excited for you and for the uh, for the town of Claire's home as well welcome Okotoks with Pastor Joel and Tanisha welcome to you guys welcome Lloyd Minster with Pastor Mike and Kara and Renee and Jill that are there visiting welcome to all of you guys welcome to Parallel Church we welcome everyone that's joining us online wherever you guys are watching around the world with Pastor Tim and Jen welcome to you guys we're excited that you're joining us welcome to Parallel Church where we come alongside this whole series that we've been talking about is our vision, and we're really getting our values and, and how this is going to be different. We felt, and I really felt strongly going into the launch of Parallel Church, that it was for such a time as this. That like guy said earlier that while the world is looking and, and dividing and looking for opportunities to hate and to separate, we wanted to counterpunch that and saying the hope of the world is Jesus, and we are his hands and feet on, on, on the earth. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he commissioned his disciples to start the church and uh, to be his hands and his feet, and that we are ambassadors of the king of kings. Our role here is to have dominion on, on earth yeah, for the king of kings, take the dominion, expand his kingdom. In his way of doing things, Jesus said this, a new command. This is our king talking now. He says, a new command. I give you, love one another as I have loved you. This is the command that the king gave to us, his followers, the church, that we're to love one another. So while the world is looking for opportunities to hate, we're following our king's, uh, you know, command to love one another. Then he says, as I have loved you, which is a next level love, because Jesus... Jesus loved the outcast. Jesus loved the unlovable. Jesus loved those that society rejected. Jesus loved those that the church rejected. And Jesus loved those, you know, religion. What I mean by the church is the religion objected in that time. Jesus loved. Uh, all. And and he welcomed even his disciples that came alongside. He invited them to walk alongside them. Jesus loved them. He loved Matthew who was rejected by society because he was a tax collector. He loved Judas who was you know the not just the betrayer but he was he was also a rebel against and, and leading again a political movement against Rome and all of that and so there was rejections there he associated with them he loved fishermen and peter and john he loved all, he loved all and and modeled loving all he had among his closest friends he had Lazarus was was the one that Jesus loved it says in 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 the Bible, and and Lazarus's sister was well known prostitute, and yet Jesus counted them not just as associates, but as his closest friends. I mean, this is something that a rabbi, you know, wasn't supposed to do, and yet Jesus wasn't concerned about his own reputation. He was concerned about loving all. And so when Jesus says this new command I give you, love one another. This is this is something he's telling us to love like he loved, as I have loved you. We're supposed to love all. And that's what we talked about in the first week. Love has no contingencies. Perfection isn't required to be accepted. We align even if we don't agree. Just imagine if we were to look past our differences so that we could make a difference. Come on. We, unity, we, we, not uniformity. We've talked about this relationship, not religion. Religion being man's way of, of getting God's acceptance or the church's acceptance. We're, we're moving beyond that. Jesus moved past that. He says, if you're tired, worn out, burned out on religion. In other words, if you're tired and worn out of trying so hard to have god accept you or to have others accept you he says come walk with me learn from me you know work with me i'm gonna walk with you and he called he called us to walk parallel with him and to love like him so we're into this for uh relationship not religion our second uh you know value that we talked about we talked about this last week is is community and last week we discovered that that the practice of the early church in Acts chapter two. And we notice that how many times they referred to being together and to oneness. And if you also notice in Acts chapter two, it's verse 42 to 47. we, We covered this last week, but three times in those five verses, it talks about that they broke bread and ate with one another with gladness and sincerity of heart that they they something they had a lot of fun. They had a lot of parties around one with one another and food was always involved. And I thought, man, we got to get our party back as a church. Come on. As parallel church, we got to get our party back. we got to run parallel with the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is a party. You know, we know that and we're not waiting to get to heaven to party. We're going to party and reflect and walk parallel on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to build community with one another, togetherness oneness and we're going to focus on that and enjoy being together so we last week we launched house parties and if you i love seeing some of the facebook posts i encourage you man post it on facebook what you guys are doing find creative ways to getting together and hanging out with one another and, and celebrating laughing let's let's do this and join house parties and get together and you know because the early church did it jesus did it in fact jesus partied so much think about this it always, he says they call me a glutton and a drunkard. This is this is the reputation that Jesus had as a rabbi. They called him a glutton and a drunkard. Why? Because he was always eating food, always partying with with people. He's all, he was around people, celebrating with people. Jesus wasn't the dull, boring, um, sometimes that we is portrayed through movies and television shows all the rest of it, this dull, stoic, boring religious leader. Jesus wasn't that. His he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard but about having fun and because mean, God created, you know, fun. God created us to be in community. He says it's not good for man to be alone. So as a church, as parallel church, we want to reflect that and, and we're going to be passionate about, about that concept and, and getting that concept passed on to, imagine this, getting passed on to the next generation of, of the church and church leaders as well about saying, man, church has got to be, we got to be, a community. We got to be enjoying one another, hanging out, uh, being with one another, and celebrating that. Now, today we're gonna kind of launch into a third value. And before we do that, I want you to see this verse that Paul wrote. This and uh, look at what like he said in Galatians chapter five. Now, look, this is kind of another another point, uh, you're, you're going to see Jesus's command, love one another as I have loved you. You're going to see that command reflected in the early church and in, in all the letters written to the early church. Paul wrote it in each one of his letters. Peter wrote it in each one of his letters. John wrote it in each one of his letters. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote it in his letters. Everywhere we see it's in Jude and all these, we see all these, these letters that are in, in the Bible written to the early church. This was their focus. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I have loved you. Love one another as I it's Over and over again, John says, if you don't love one another, you can't say you love God. Jesus said, if you love one another, if you are unified, make them one, Father, so that the world will know. This is how the world knows, not by how passionately we love God, because we do. We passionately love God, but that's not the, the evidence that, that the world's looking for. Jesus said the evidence the world is looking for that's gonna say that we're different that we are with Jesus is the fact that we love one another so it's parallel church our whole name our whole vision our whole mission our values are all gonna be centered around loving one another Paul said it this way in Galatians 5 look at this he says the only thing that counts the only thing that counts is is faith. We could stop there and saying, okay, that yes, yes, I believe that, amen. But he says, faith expressing itself through love. There it is again. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. In other words, you can't just say you have faith. You can't just say that you're a Christian without expressing it through love. Jesus said, love one another. You, you can say you're a Christian. You can attend church. You can you can do all the right things. You know, do all the acceptable things that Christians are supposed to do. Be a good person. You know, be a good Christian. All these things. Do practice all these things that a good Christian is supposed to do. But Paul said the only thing that counts is faith, that expresses itself through love of one another. Man, this is this is what. This is, again, this is the mandate of our church. This is what's been in the Bible the whole time. And I think for me growing up in church, I heard lots of messages on love. And to be honest, it never really resonated with me. Never really stuck with me. I was like, love, yeah, love, love. Okay, love, love is easy. Until, I don't know, just in the last couple of years, we started to see, I don't know, COVID has highlighted a number of things. The political tensions have highlighted a number of things. And I was like, wow, this really is, God's mandate for the church. This is how we be different. This is how we're supposed to be different. And we can't just say, well, come to church and, and be a Christian and, and your life's gonna get all better. That's, that's not what Christianity is. According to Paul, the only thing that counts is a faith that expresses itself through loving one another. That's, that's not easy. That's definitely not easy. So we wanna be a church. That counts, don't we? We want to be a church that matters, that counts. And the only way to do that is to be a church that expresses itself through loving all. Now, taking this a little bit further, you can't express love without sacrifice. Look at what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. He said this, he says, follow God's example. That's what Jesus said, love as I have loved you. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. So we follow God's example, and we, what would Jesus do? Remember those bracelets? I grew up with those bracelets. What would Jesus do? Yeah, Jesus said, if you're going to do what I do, just just follow, and Paul said, just follow his example as through the way of walking the way of love. Love, just as Christ loved us, what Jesus said, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So this is what Paul says. This is how we love like Jesus loved. This is, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to walk like that. Now, he's not saying that we're all supposed to be crucified or that we're all supposed to die, you know, and sacrifice our lives, you know, physically for, for one another. He says, although be willing to do that, if necessary, all that. But he's saying that, the, that love is the only faith that counts is, this, is expressed through love. And then he's saying that the Jesus kind of love is always, there's always sacrifice involved to it. And this is, this is how you express love. This is how we as parallel church express love. Because here's the truth is what you love, what you truly love, you will sacrifice for. Isn't that right? If you love your family, you will sacrifice for your family. If you love your job, you will sacrifice for your job. You will make concessions, you will sacrifice for that. If you love, um, let me see, uh, football, yes, then you will sacrifice. Yeah, if you love ice cream, yeah, I've, I've made a few sacrifices um, on behalf, you know. I mean, if, whatever it is you love you will sacrifice for. That is, that is the expression of love, is that, is that you cannot have, you, you can't just say, love, you know, Paul says is, is faith that matters and faith that counts is gonna be expressed through love, and the expression of love is gonna be reflected in your sacrifice. The reason why I bring this up is because Jesus modeled that. He loved us, and so he sacrificed himself to God. This is what Paul's saying in Ephesians, for us. And this expression of love is what identifies authenticity, which is our third value. Our third value is authenticity. So it's, it's important for us. We can, we can say, you know, love all. Put that on our walls. We can say, you know, community, that we're going to love one another. We can say that. But we also have to value and say, we need to value authenticity. We need to be authentic and and this is what 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 a lot of what the world sees in the church is like they see us saying good things like love one another and love and 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 you know be a good christian they see all that kind of stuff but then have you have you ever heard this the the whole idea of you know christians are hypocrites anybody ever heard that before have you ever been accused of that like you're just a hypocrite you say this and do that what they're talking about is is that our actions don't match what we say. And Paul says the only thing that counts is, is ex- faith that expresses itself through good behavior. He didn't say that. He says the only thing that counts is faith that expresses itself through love. In other words, he's talking about authenticity. Then he says in Ephesians that Jesus sacrificed didn't just say he loved us, but he sacrificed for us. In other words, there has to be some sacrifice that goes along with this love that is going to develop this, this authenticity and saying we can't, we're not just going to say. So as a church, we, we value, we're going to be authentic, which means that we're going we're gonna to have to express, we're going to have to sacrifice some things in order to love all, in order to have community, there's going to have to be some, Authenticity as well, which means some sacrifice. So how, how do we be authentic? Number one is I think we need to worship like we mean it. Worship like we mean it. The, the dictionary um, definition of the word worship is, is a feeling of profound love and admiration. So it's a feeling of profound love and admiration. So it makes sense that worship would be a part of the expression of love. right? We worship what we love, and what we love, we will sacrifice for. Let me say that again. We will worship what we love, and what we love, we will sacrifice for. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2. He says, you also, talking about the church, are like living stones, um, which is that's a contrast in itself you know a stone isn't living it's it's structured it's solid it doesn't move you know but a living adds living to it and all of a sudden he's like okay it's solid but there's life in it as well it's interesting that he calls the church that are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood then he says this this is what the church is you're being built into a house offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus so peter says that spiritual sacrifices okay because of of, of, because the physical sacrifice. he says spiritual sacrifices, because the physical sacrifices that he's, the people that he's talking to have been done away with, right? So, you know, before Jesus, in order to please God, in order to be accepted by God, people had to sacrifice, make sacrifices on, for their sins in order to have be accepted by God. That was pre-Jesus. Jesus came and, and did away with all that, became, and you know, Paul said this, the sacrifice once and for all. For all of us. But Peter says, even though we don't do sacrifice animals anymore, we don't do the sacrifices, he, st- he still says that in order for us to love God and to love others, you can't do away with sacrifice. But he says here, there's spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God now, because the physical sacrifices are being done away with. Okay, but that doesn't mean... we don't you know the physical sacrifice that doesn't mean we don't sacrifice anymore we should offer sacrifices that, that he says here that are acceptable to god not acceptable to church not acceptable to yourself not acceptable to your you know the neighbor that you're sitting beside but acceptable to god so what are those sacrifices the writer of hebrews said this in hebrews 13 He says, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. Okay, so praise being, you know, exalting God above. So he says, bring a sacrifice of exaltation to God. So he says, be on, and that sacrifice means something that's going to cost you something. You know, David in the Old Testament, they tried to provide him, um, you know, and, you know, animals that he didn't have to pay for. And he says, I am not going to sacrifice or worship my God with something that doesn't cost me something. So sometimes, it, you know, we don't feel like offering God praise or circumstances don't dictate that, but sometimes it brings a sacrifice. But he says we need to continually offer to God a sacrifice because sacrifice is attached to love to, you know, of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Verse 16 says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for such sacrifices. God is pleased. Look at this. We love one another and we, we, we're going to love all and we do my city care and we do all these things to, to sacrifice and to give and to share with others and all this kind of stuff. We do all that because it pleases the community no, we'll find favor. The Bible promises we'll find favor of the community. We have, but we do those things because those sacrifices please God. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. But he's talking about the idea of sacrifice, of praise. And he says, is sacrifice, really, let's think about it, has really disappeared in the church today in many ways. We don't talk about it much. I certainly haven't talked about it much. But we need to, we need to talk about it because that's authentic, that's authentic. Uh, easy for me to say. That's authentic love, right? You can't just, we can't just say we love God. We have to express it through love, which is expressing through sacrifice. Does this make sense? So the church has become, let's think about this, church in many ways has become about us and our personal preferences. But that's not, that's not worship in the right order. When the order of our worship becomes broken, we become broken. And I'm not, this is not saying this to condemn someone. I'm talking about the, the church as a whole is, is broken in many ways, which is why we're relaunching and readdressing these things and kind of trying to realign on earth as it is in heaven, trying to realign with what Jesus taught and what the early church leaders, his disciples taught, that they learned from Jesus and began to teach us and saying, the order of our worship has become broken. And therefore we, the church, is broken. Come on, it's it's broken because we've misaligned our and we have disordered sacrifice. And if you want a definition for idolatry, by the way, for, for you scholars and, and all the rest of it, you want to push back on this a little bit, whatever. Idolatry is simply disordered sacrifice. It's, it's sacrificing and placing the value on something higher. Idolatry is just simply disordered sacrifice. It's valuing something you shouldn't, too high. St. Augustine, a theologian, said this way back. He said, the essence of sin is disordered love. Okay? And sin is just missing the mark. The essence of it all is disordered love. God, let me put it this way, God is a person, and every person has personal preferences. So we need to bring priority to him and his preferences, and bring the sacrifice of praise that pleases him. Okay, so we need to please him. In his preferences, one of the preferences, what are are some of his preferences? One of the preferences we learned is that it was that when we love one another and we sacrifice for one another and we give to others, this pleases God. That's a that's a God preference. Psalm, the psalmist said this in Psalm 141. He says, may my prayer be set before you like incense. Okay, incense being what they offered, you know, in the sacrifices. May the lifting of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. He compares the lifting of hands but like the evening sacrifice. So let, just, let me just put this. Some of you come in here in, you know, in our, our churches and you're wondering why, you know, while the music's playing and worship's going on, why people are lifting their hands. Let me tell you why I lift my hands and why many are around us are lifting their hands as well is because it, we're lifting our hands because it is like a sacrifice, an evening sacrifice. It's a sacrifice that pleases God. It's not so that we look more spiritual or the rest of it. You know, I honestly lift my hands because, I don't know, it, it shifts something. It shifts my eyes up, my focus up on him. It's, it's saying I surrender to him, but it's also saying I exalt you. I'm lifting you higher than whatever I'm going through. But we lift hands not because it's the cool thing to do, or it's the church thing to do, or that's just the expectation to do. We do it because this is like a sacrifice to God. That's an expression of authentic, we're going to worship like we mean it. So I challenge each one of you, like even as we go back into worship in this one, like lift your hands. Like this is, this is, we do it because it pleases, something that pleases God. The right, James, the brother of Jesus said this in James four, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands Talking about hands again, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. In the New Testament, James, the brother of Jesus, tells us to draw near to God with a sacrifice of worship, right? Expressing again through our hands. God's got a thing for hands. I don't know what the deal is with that, but God's got a thing for hands. It matters to him. And he says, and, and our hearts, okay, if we draw with our, our hands and our hearts, And God will draw his response is that he's going to draw near to you. Why? Because it's pleasing. Whatever you sacrifice for, you're bringing closer to you. That's the expression of of love. This is what pleases God. We're saying all this stuff just to say, hey, we're going to worship like we, we mean it. That's why as a church, man, let's worship like we mean it. Hands up, worship, authentic. And if you're saying, but I don't, I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel like it. That's the sacrifice part. That's the sacrifice part. That's saying, "Yeah, God, I, it's awkward, but it's not about me. It's about what pleases you. How to be authentic, number two, is live like you believe it. Live like you believe it. This means that we just don't say it. We're going to live like we believe it. Like Dr. Gerald Sitzer said in, in uh, his book, Resilient Faith, he said, in re- reference to, to the early church and, and the Christians, one of the things that stood out, about them as they said, Christians, they said, were humble and gentle and generous and compassionate and kind and patient. These aren't just things you say, this is what they were known for. They refused luxury and avoided uh, popular forms of entertainment not that refusing luxuries is is wrong but they just they said they stood out because they didn't make as big a deal of luxury and these things you know about themselves as everybody else did choosing instead um to live uh, with um uh Chastity and modesty. They opposed violence, uh, you know, argue, uh, arguing that it would be better to be a victim than to to be uh, the problem based, or to be the perpetrator. And they confirmed uh, idolatry and prohibited church members from practicing or or working uh, jobs that that somehow promised or provided that you know that those things for idolatry. So listen, what he, what he's saying is is that it they were different they, their behaviors mass and people admired that and saying yeah there's difference there's a generosity there's a humbleness about them there's this authentic love they they really do care uh we gotta live like we mean it uh first samuel verse 15 you know it says this of of you know, it said that does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey, he says, is better than sacrifice, and to and uh, to heed is better than the fat of rams. In other words, he's saying yeah, instead of just saying and, and going through the motions of church or the expressions going through the motions, he says, live like you mean it. Like it, your know, your relationship with Jesus should. Should mean that what how you behave on Sunday is the same as how you behave at work on Wednesday, that you're the same, that you live like you mean it, that Jesus doesn't just have an effect on you one day a week, that He has an effect on you uh, all seven, four seven. Number three, how to live, how to be authentic. Number three is give like you care, give like you care. <laughs> uh, this is part of the sacrifice, again, of love. Acts chapter 2, this, this, is, this is amazing. I read this last week. It says this of the early church. Right from the beginning of the birth of the church, they sold property and, positions, and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I mean, it's amazing. Why did they do this? Why did they sell possessions? Why did, why did, they, why did they do that? Because, because it was a sacrifice for them, but they, were, they weren't just saying they loved their neighbor. They... Sold property and possessions to provide the sacrifice. That's that's faith expressed through love. Come on, Parallel Church, we we got to be different. It says this, and Doctor Gerald Sitzer said this again in the book. He says Christians and uh, continuing on about what Christians how they stood out. He says unlike many. Or most Romans upheld high moral standards in their daily behavior, that's living like they meant it, and responded to the least of these with uncommon compassion and care. Uncommon compassion and care. The church should lead the way in generosity. Why? Because we love and we're... Jesus said to love like he loved. And he sacrificed. Theodore Roosevelt said this, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Man, isn't that good? We, they're not going to care how much we know or how right we are or whatever. They're going to they're take notice when they know how they notice how much we care. How are they going to notice how much we love is we're going to express our faith by authentically being generous, by authentically sacrificing for our God and for others. That's, come on, that's that's what it is. Parallel Church, we're not just going to say we're going to come alongside. we got to sacrifice to come alongside sometimes and we we're going to be we're going to worship like we mean it we're going to live like we believe it and we're going to give like we care here's today's takeaway is we are authentic in our vision and dedicated to the community we are building come on church we're going to put this on Facebook this week, and this is going to be our takeaway, and you're going to put it on Facebook or, or, or Instagram or social media somewhere, and this is the takeaway and all the rest of it. Listen, when we say this, what the, the faith that matters is the one that's expressed through love. So imagine, come on, imagine with me a church that's authentic, It doesn't just say it loves all, but it sacrifices and, and expresses its faith through love love let's pray god i thank you so much for your example jesus of sacrificing for us just coming to this earth and leaving the comforts of of heaven and your home and your throne and all the rest of it to come down and to take on the form of a, of a man of the uncomfortableness of all of that and then to, to sacrifice your life for us jesus that that's a love that virtually impossible to live up to, but yet you called us to love like you loved. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do, the eyes to see where the needs are. And God, I pray that you would just stir in each one of our hearts to live as authentic church that loves all, is committed to community and and to support one another
1: and is authentic in everything we do and say. Give us the strength for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, we are going to be an authentic church, parallel church operating in full authenticity. Now, Pastor Kelly said something powerful near the end. There was a quote that says, people don't know how much you care. until people don't care how much you know. I got it right. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Authenticity is the backbone of anything that we're gonna do in our community, guys. And if you enjoyed this message and you're watching for the first time and something gripped you guys, this is not, um, like this is an opportunity for you to be able to start a relationship with Jesus. It is the most authentic thing you can possibly do. It's not about joining a church. It's not even about joining an organization. It doesn't even mean you have to show up every Sunday. This is a personal revelation and relationship between you and Jesus Christ. Now it says in scripture that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God sent his son, Died on the cross and was risen again three days later then you can be saved you can have relationship with this Jesus that we talk about it again it is not signing you up for a membership it's not doing anything like that it is a simple authentic beginning of a relationship between you and a God that has cared about you for your entire life if you want to say this prayer with me it's as simple as that we're going to repeat after me just wherever you are if you're driving pull over not good uh, to be distracted driving during this, but wherever you are, I want you to just close your eyes and repeat after me and say, Dear Jesus, I confess and I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I'm asking you right now to come into my life, be the Lord of my life, my Savior, and my friend. I thank you that my past is past and that I can begin a brand new life with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Online family, if you are, if you said that prayer for the first time, we have our team of hosts that has thrown a link up in the chat there that says, I have decided. I want you guys to click that link, fill it out, and we would love to get in touch with you and begin to come alongside you in your life and walk you through what this relationship with Jesus is all about.